Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Insurance Tomorrow, a podcast brought to you by me, Nick Hewer, and Allianz. In this series, we take a look at some of the key global trends impacting business now and in the future. Other episodes have included discussions on topics such as AI, autonomous vehicles and fraud. If you've missed these, you can listen now on your normal podcast app. Today, we have a sustainability special episode. Three of our Alliance experts from across the business join us today to discuss how this will affect the insurance industry and business and what can be done. We look at some of the key areas sustainability and climate change are having an impact on in the insurance and business sector right now and importantly in the future. Joining us for this are Graham State, Head of Claims Supply and Experts, Scott Henderson, Reinsurance Manager, and Nicola Blandell, Workspace Services Manager. Our first topic today centres around the claims area, with the need and drive towards a more sustainable claims culture. Customers are becoming increasingly aware and interested in how the businesses they transact with are operating sustainable initiatives and processes. A 2017 study by Unilever found a third of consumers are more likely to buy a brand if they have ethical practices in place. So how can we be more sustainable within the insurance sector and how is the industry adapting to an ever-advancing demand from customers to produce solutions? So what do we mean by sustainable claims? Well, it's quite a broad topic, but I think specifically we're talking about minimising the impact we have on our environment by protecting natural resources and reducing avoidable waste, and more generally being a positive influence in the markets and communities we operate within and across, whether that be ensuring we protect the interests of vulnerable customers or that we only partner with organisations who share our core values. So what are Alliance doing in this space? So... If we touch upon reducing avoidable waste, so um, we've recently launched a green parts proposition, so historically known as recycled parts. So this is using undamaged or only superficially damaged uh, components from end-of-life vehicles to repair other vehicles uh, which have been damaged in an accident. The benefits of this are twofold as far as the environment's concerned. So first of all, you've got the repurposing of the, uh, the recycled parts. So those parts would otherwise be melted down um, for repurposing or uh, indeed would go into landfill. And of course, you're avoiding the demand for the uh, replacement part itself as well. Um, So you're avoiding the need and demand for uh, additional resources and materials and even shipping as well as a lot of parts at the moment are coming from continental Europe and the wider world. But this must create a small challenge in terms of convincing customers and policyholders that the phrase recycled part is, is immediately going to provide them with an opportunity to think, well, hang on a minute, this isn't what I was after and what I wanted. So a lot of this is going to come round to actually convincing the, the paying customer that they need to change their views on how things have always been done in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. So um, recycled parts in themselves aren't uh, a new concept. They have been around for, for some time. Um There's a few parts that go into it, though, that I think make them a lot more appealing. Um, So firstly, we know that there's been a societal shift. So consumers themselves are a lot more aware uh, and mindful um, and uh, receptive to environmentally sustainable solutions. 
I think there's also an angle to this, which is um, at the moment, we know that one of the biggest delays to the repair process is access and procuring parts. So replacement parts at, themselves, uh, at the moment have to be sourced either from mainland Europe or from the wider world. Uh, this can take weeks or months depending on the parts. So that means that the repair life cycles become excessively long, which means that customers don't have their vehicle. Uh, there is a cost angle to it. So on average, we know that recycled parts are around 50% cheaper. There are obviously a lot of variables in that, but on average, we think around 50% cheaper than replacement parts. Um, we know that generally uh, cheaper claims results in cheaper premiums as well for customers. And of course, we have Brexit on the horizon. So um, that challenge of procuring replacement parts is only going to become more pronounced depending on the um, solutions we ultimately agree with the EU around the freedom of goods and services. So that could mean even longer delays to accessing parts and ultimately more expensive. Uh, what we can envisage is that if those parts become too expensive and it becomes too difficult to procure them, more vehicles will be, de will be deemed beyond economic repair um, or in common parlance they'll be written off. So access to an inventory of green or recycled parts allows us to deliver better, more sustainable solutions for our customers. Do you see there's an opportunity for a similar principle to be applied to different sectors. So looking after buildings, you know, it's something that perhaps we don't look at as much as we could do. Absolutely. So um, we have recently partnered with uh, the rather amusingly named Plastic Surgeon, who are an innovative provider of uh, restorative solutions. So we're increasingly looking at um, buildings contents, for example, and looking at things like scratches to um, tabletops and uh, damage to sanitary wear. And developments in repair technology allows those to be repaired anew, which avoids the need to replace them, again, uh, minimising avoidable waste. Sounds a good initiative. So what do brokers need to do to be able to convince their clients that this is the right step forward? I think it's important to point out that the safety and quality of repairs won't be compromised. So we're partnering with the largest salvage and dismantling firm in the UK and we'll ensure that all replacement parts are sourced from equivalent donor vehicles no older than the customer's vehicle. Uh, they'll be covered by a life and ownership guarantee and they won't be used on any safety critical uh, components. So customers can rest assured that sustainable claim solutions don't mean substandard repairs. It's certainly reached more prominence um, among the media and among society at large, whether that's a result of what we call the blue planet effect or a Scandinavian teenager calling out world leaders for their abject performance in reducing carbon emissions. It's certainly front of mind in terms of consumers, both at point and sale and point of claim. Um, so we, it is incumbent upon us to look at solutions which are truly sustainable. Well, sustainability in the insurance arena is becoming more and more critical as we see losses and catastrophes over time starting to become more prevalent and more common. Uh, the size of the losses are increasing and we're seeing that through general economic changes as, as well as uh, climate changes. So the impact on the industry is to try and adapt and adjust itself so that it's pre-prepared to deal with these changes as they come along. Do you think the insurance industry is taking it seriously enough? I think it is. I think it's taking it as seriously as anybody else because I think the insurance industry realises that actually it's at the forefront of the cost that's going to attach to some of these scenarios that develop. And it's only through careful planning and management of that cycle that enables them to prepare and start to then feed that education down into the customer base whether that be through pure education research changes in in future management of claims as, as graham's been talking about i think they're in a, a very powerful position 
to be able to start that communication. But as with anything, they can't do anything on their own. It needs a, a collaborative force from society in general. And I think that's what you know, a lot of our driving principles of being founder members of ClimateWise you know, is bringing together all the um, different organisations within the market to act as one voice, share best practice and to drive initiatives forward. Absolutely. There's, there's, I think, about 29 members of that on a global basis and they, they are all perfectly positioned to see how this is going to affect us going forward uh, and to enable the market that we work in to continue to operate effectively does require that foresight and the ability to educate others to come along the journey with us. Alliance is the number one insurer in the Dow Jones Sustainability Index for the third year in a row, which is a testimony to the amount of work we're doing in this area. So we know that customers are placing business and making their decisions based on not just price um, and products, but also the um, the extent to which the companies are uh, acting morally. There's a, a different angle to it as well, which is increasingly employees themselves, I think, are looking and making their decisions to work for organisations who share their own core values as well. So there's a talent acquisition and retention angle to this. So I think that ties in nicely with the reasons why we have to do it. As our global CEO, Oliver Beta, recently stated, we need to listen to our children who are demanding that we play an active role in preventing the environmental destruction of our planet. I think there are no better reasons than that. Our next topic for discussion is climate change and its effect on the risks we are needing to ensure against. According to NASA... The planet's surface temperature has risen by 0.9 degrees Celsius since the 19th century, with most of this increase taking place in the last 35 years. In addition, the sea level has risen 8 inches over the last century, largely due to the melting of ice cover, with Antarctica losing 286 billion tonnes of ice per year between 1993 and 2016. So what does this changing climate mean for risk? And what do we need to do now to help protect ourselves in the future? The outlook for risk as we know it is completely changing. Uh, There's no denying that the results that we have seen, the losses that are occurring globally are becoming larger and are becoming more frequent every year. Uh, 2017 and 2018 produced the largest combined pair of years losses that has been seen in measured history. Uh, And that is undoubtedly down to natural weather phenomenon and the changing climate. The obvious sign of that is that if losses are becoming more common and more expensive, something has to change in the interim to be able to keep insurers being able to do the jobs that they are currently doing. So we need to look at how we can address the risk, how we can address this change and how we can keep the industry funded to enable it to respond in the future if these losses are going to continue in the direction they're going. One of the areas that the insurance sector is currently looking at, which has been prompted by the Prudential Regulatory Authority, the PRA, is to stress test how an insurer's balance sheet will react to potential future changes in losses brought about by catastrophes, both man-made and natural. 
Um, but natural catastrophes are indeed the, the one that we fear as being the, the larger long-term potential. So one of the things that we need to do as an organisation is ensure that actually our ability to function as an investment holder and an asset manager is to make sure that those assets retain their future value and are able to fulfil the financial demands put upon an insurance company's balance sheet. One of the ways we can do that is to make sure that our investment and asset management portfolio are backing companies with a sustainable future. We are currently looking at huge amounts of potential in renewable energies and resilient buildings. And there is a chance that in the future, if we don't move into those, we will then find ourselves with assets that are becoming increasingly negative in their ongoing value. And that doesn't do us any good to be able to help the society in general going forward. And of course, more locally, um, Allianz in the UK was the first to market for its renewable power propositions. So things like uh, solar, hydro and wind farms. So how do you think we can keep brokers better informed? Well, there's a a huge amount of information that's out there. Um, One of the key factors is our membership of the ClimateWise uh, initiative, which sees a huge amount of global insurers and reinsurers uh, on a platform for delivering on promises and trying to deliver um, climate resilient economy uh, and are actually putting their finances on show once a year to show what they are delivering, what they are thinking, how they are looking to the future. There is an abundance of information on the alliance.co.uk website aimed at general risk management controls that are available to our customers and our clients. And there are sections within that that focus on all areas of risk, but particularly prominent in the UK in this area is flooding, where we are seeing uh, an increased frequency of flood losses being generated to primarily property. Obviously, vehicles are involved in that as well. Um, But there is a a wealth of information on that website that will allow brokers and clients to be able to see what they can do and what the latest thinking is in the industry for helping them. And flood losses in themselves present a very particular challenge from a a claims point of view. So um, across the industry, we are seeing diminishing claims volumes in traditional losses. So vehicles are becoming more safe. So we're seeing fewer claims as a result of driving accidents. And that trend will follow. Ditto properties largely are becoming more safe, more secure uh, and more viable. The challenge with surge events like flooding is that we receive a a wealth of claims volumes in a very short period of time and we have a lot of customers that we need to support in a very short period of time. And the market, uh, particularly the loss adjusting market, struggles to satisfy that need um, at such a a short period of time. So um, things like using technology and um, increasing use of data to try and predict patterns and more actively mobilise our workforce in the event of a loss are absolutely key to that. So how are other parts of the organisation addressing climate change? Well, one specific example of that is the Allianz Re arm of the group uh, have a small section called Allianz Climate Solutions and they operate globally to try and understand and try and uh, increase the presence within the market because one of the biggest problems that we have as a sector is that such a small percentage of risk is insured in the first place. So whilst we're able to measure 
the size of losses through insured, the actual overall economic losses could be many times larger than that, which is a, a bigger problem, particularly in the developing world where their economies may be much more fragile and certainly on a much smaller scale than we're used to. So Alliance Climate Solutions are working with financing industry to try and invest in renewable energy sources, uh, whether that be from the actual construction of power plants and solar farms and, and wind farms, etc., um, right the way through to the side of the lack of operation, the breakdown, or indeed their failure to generate any electricity or power on the basis that the sun wasn't strong enough that year, the wind didn't blow that year, whatever the case may be. So there are a number of um, potential solutions that are out there that are aiding these renewable contract, these renewable energy contracts um, to the benefit of the local economy. Our final topic today is sustainability within your business. With the UK's average individual carbon footprint around nine tonnes of CO2 per year, Although falling each year, there's still a long way to go to make the UK carbon neutral. The topic is often focused on in the news as well as in Parliament and the general public are becoming more aware of how they're affecting the environment and making changes to reduce this. So how can brokers and SMEs help to make the UK more sustainable and what opportunities are there to reduce their carbon footprint? Why is it so important for business owners to have sustainability on their radar? Since the 2015 Paris Climate Conference, nobody can deny that human-induced climate change represents not only a social and environmental risk, but a severe financial risk. Whether that be the buildings that we occupy, the miles that we drive, the paper and water that we consume all the waste that we create, it all has an impact on our environment, which we need to address. In 2018, Allianz signed up to the Renewable Energy 100 initiative, which looks to secure all of your utilities from renewable sources. So pleased to report for the UK, 48% of our property portfolio is already under renewable energy. And when we reached out to our landlords to start asking them about their supplies, that percentage increases to about 82%. So I think there is changes within the um, both the utility and the property industry that's looking at more sustainable solutions. It's taking on board the feedback that's coming back from staff, from customers, um, from occupiers. Um, there's also been the introduction of green leases. So, you know, we're seeing quite a change in mindset. So, you know, if I was to encourage brokers and SMEs to be thinking about things, it would be go look at green energy, challenge your landlords to provide green energy, think about replacing lights with LED, more efficient mechanical and plant in your buildings, think about waste recycling. You know, we've managed to shift our employees' behaviours so that 96% of our waste is now recycled. So we have segregated bins in the offices. All of our coffee cups, they go off, are recycled and turned into new products. We're obviously on the journey of trying to be, get plastic-free. So we're close to have eliminated all single-use plastics. Um, and then I think the other big area to focus on 
is about reducing travel. Um, you know, look at different ways of travel. So certainly as someone who lives 120 miles away from the office in which they're based, I support anything which <laughs> um, avoids unnecessary travel. So I, I, the, the facilities that we've introduced to support things like video conferencing and, and remote working have, have significantly improved over the last few years and are really bearing fruit. And I think organisationally within our culture, we're a lot more um, embracing of that technology to support different ways of working. Yeah, I think all of us have seen a, a massive move away from physical meetings. Um, we are a, a very diversified nationwide company, so we do have a, a lot of interaction across Britain. Um, and the days of now trying to get everybody into one place at the same time are, are long gone. And a, a WebEx call is now the norm rather than the exception. So I think there are you know, good examples of how even what appear to be fairly small things on the surface can mount up. And, and from a personal perspective of working in London, we are just one of thousands of offices in a very small space. And you start to realise the economies of scale that will be going on if that's implemented across all of our neighbouring office workers as well. And I think a lot of organisations are moving down the route of not only activity-based working within the offices, but more of a flexible, agile working practice for their staff because it you know, it gives a lot of tangible benefits, not just from an environmental perspective, but well-being and making it more efficient and effective in how we use our office space. So, you know, reducing the size of our actual footprint and with that final important discussion, let's bring this sustainability special episode to an end. My thanks to Graham State, Head of Claims Supply and Experts, Scott Henderson, Reinsurance Manager, and Nicola Blundell, Workspace Services Manager. Please do subscribe to the series through your podcast app. That way, you'll be sure of never missing an episode, and we'd really appreciate you leaving us a review too. So, from me, Nick Hewer and Alliance, it's goodbye.